Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. trying to figure out how to respond to that differently every time i'm all right how are you very good yeah a bit of uh i i have to take some blame for some technical difficulties sort of i think i shared in that yeah i think i did share so we that. did do a podcast on friday yes but what happened was and after it was brilliant it was the best one we've done i don't know that that's uh, true <laughs> but um yeah for some reason the sound turned off I, I always find it funny when you, you know you see guys doing podcasts on YouTube and stuff like that, which is where we will start posting them. They've always got these pro microphones and the headphones on, and I'm sitting there going, "Jeez, we're amateur." <laughs> I know we're we're really light on our kid. I I did realise that when we discovered the error that we'd had twenty minutes of film, and, yeah, and five, five minutes, minutes of audio, forty six seconds of audio, and I did think maybe we should investigate that more. But neither it's not the thing that you neither you and i do no so, so i mean help. basic no well i'm not that i'm not sure no. we just what we just need to do is make sure that your laptop doesn't go into sleep mode yeah that would help when so, we're just know. using it to power a microphone because that's yes. all we were using it for so so we just need to but we're sorry uh, about that yeah so this is a catch-up catch-up sort of kind of sort, sort and of. What I did want to talk about because yeah. you and i in that podcast but it is something that i've since Done, done yeah. following the issue of my first bake of the Anzacs and you talked about what might have gone wrong with them in terms of how they spread yeah the thing that you so do the, that you did on do we know that do we know that everyone listening knows the backstory well or did we assume sort of... that uh, I made some Anzacs that weren't great and I asked no they were good help. yeah but no. they weren't like yours yeah. And it was a really interesting sort of topic we talked about, and I want to explore it again for now that we have sound. But yeah. But it was, and you talked a lot about the importance of oven temperatures, and we'd never discussed that before. No. And, and it's certainly well, not so I, much. Oh, we've discussed. Oh, the the preheating. Te- yeah, the, the preheating, preheating of your oven. Because I had the the next batch I made, I hated the oven for the required time that you suggested, which I'll give you a chance to get a word in in a minute. Yeah. And I must admit, um, in the bottom oven and in the, uh, my, my normal standard oven and in my combi steam oven, yeah. it made a big difference. Yeah. And, um, and they were a big success. So, so first thing to remind people of is the initial... So when you baked the Anzacs for my birthday, the initial feedback that you gave me was that the recipe's too wet. Do you have some commentary around... I was hoping that you'd... Uh, before we get into the... Older, before we get into the... No, no, oh, I'm mentally... I'm that. mentally no older. <laughs> I am still a child still that a needs a win. Well, I did, uh, did realise that at the time when I said the recipe was really wet yeah. and uh, I was really pleased that I'd actually remembered to wet my hands when I was rolling them into little balls. But the second batch... Second batch, I didn't need to do that um, because in the first batch, my uh, faux pas that I did put my hand up and I yeah. didn't volunteer the information. I could have kept it quiet and next time I'm going to have a word to myself about that. But I did volunteer that 
I misread how much gold to put in. Yeah. And I put in uh, effectively a third. 30% more. Yeah, a third more. <laughs> so I did put so in I, 160 pounds a, rather than 120, but it's still... Yeah, but that was a contributing factor to what were a couple of things that gave you the end result that you got. You got. Yeah. So the end result that you got wasn't... There was nothing wrong with those biscuits, right? They were just very flat. They were very chewy, but that's how I like them. Mm. Um, and so what but we were, were looking to do flat. was... Yeah, they were. They were like little pancakes. pancakes. Yeah. So, but even pancakes have some height to them. Yes, <laughs> these ones. These were steamrolled pancakes. <laughs> they were. They were. They were. Um, they were. I, but so what we... But half the thing... So happy this, birthday, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we ate them, so they were good. But half the thing with something like this, and it's no different to what I've done today, is, okay, so you've got X end result and you're looking to investigate as to why it didn't work out exactly how you wanted it. So we explored a lot of things, and one of them, back to your original point, being preheating your oven. So my point to you was, although we're only cooking at 160 Ish. I can't remember off the yeah. 160 degrees for eight to nine minutes. You had sort of indicated to me that your oven was sort of maybe going for eight to ten minutes, give or take. Yes. And, and then I was speed replace. I didn't put them all in at one batch. No, no, no. Yeah. But I was, I'm talking about the initial heat. No, it was only, it was yeah, only it was, five to ten. Okay, so best. five to ten minutes. And so what my thinking was was that it's the oven's probably not at temp. So what's happening is, is while the biscuits are baking, because it's not at temp, it's sort of not setting the, uh, almost not setting the shape. So what's happening is, is that the oven's still not at the correct temperature and therefore it doesn't have a chance to set the shape before it's baked, if that makes sense. So what we then got on to talking about in the podcast that we didn't record <laughs> but if you're a good lip reader yeah was preheating and the importance of preheating so mm. a lot of manufacturers and uh will have a fast preheat in an oven now this varies across oven cavity sizes right so in america you have 30 inch um which is about 72 centimeters 76 centimeters standard european australian whatever you like we do 60 and 90 centimetre wide, 60 by 60, and 45 by 60. So we have various different sizes of ovens, and within those ovens there'll be various varying heating elements, and some manufacturers will put in what they term, or call it, excuse me, a fast preheat function. So the idea being is that a lot of different elements come on together to get your oven up to temperature quicker so you're not waiting as long before you cook something, right? So it's kind of trying to reduce your cooking time because you're not waiting as long for your oven to heat up. Now, while all that's well and good and your thermostat in your oven or the little red light or whatever it is may switch off after five, eight minutes of a so-called fast preheat and tell you it's up to temperature, what I can tell you from experience is regardless of the cavity size, regardless of the cavity type, whether it be stainless steel, enamel, and they all react slightly differently, you are... 110% better off preheating your oven regardless of size or type of oven for 20 minutes. Now that's a bit different when you're cooking with standalone steam 
Okay, so we deal a lot in steam. Um, and you don't necessarily need it because you're not trying to warm the cavity in the same way. You're using the steam that's being pushed into the oven and generated to cook the food. You're not reliant on the cavity to hold temperature. In the scenario of regular convection cooking, you are relying on the cavity to hold temperature. And if it hasn't had a chance to get up to temperature properly and you add food, what we call food load, so you add volume to the oven, you then drain it a little bit more of that temperature and the chance to reach its optimal temperature. So 20 minutes will change everything, I think. 20 minutes gives you the truest temperature that you want to start cooking at. Five minutes will give you, because what ovens do is if you have a set point, let's say the most general one being 180 degrees or 375 Fahrenheit, okay, general common temp oven temperature, manufacturers will quite often go above those temperatures, whether you've got a fast preheat function or not. So the oven will kick up above that temperature to try and get some warmth in the cavity and then it drops back down and sometimes it'll drop back down below your desired temperature and then the thermostat kicks in and goes, hey, it's getting too cold and turns the elements back on to get back up to temperature. Now, it, so it goes through these ebbs and flows, right? And initially it's a really high heat and then it drops down and then it comes back up and then it evens itself out and to get that perfect evened out temperature and consistency and warmth in the enamels and warmth in the racks and everything else, 20 minutes every day of the week. And it worked. It made a huge difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, having the correct ratio and the recipe okay. also matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yes, having, but... having a con consistent oven temperature and when you're doing uh, multiple tray cooking like you did, whether you put in one or two trays, is, it doesn't matter. Right, So in the scenario of you doing a big batch of Anzacs, quite happily in your bottom oven and I know the oven, you could have put two trays and then you could have removed those two and replaced it with another two. But the trick there is, is for mine, now it doesn't happen as often uh, with ovens these days, but back in the day, we would allow about 24 degrees for every time the oven door was open, loss in temperature. That's in a commercial kitchen. Okay. So 24 degrees is a lot, right? So you allow a dramatic drop. So think about it. Sometimes the tea towel isn't right. You faff around. You open the door. You've got it sort of slightly open. You pull one tray out. You go put it on your on your kitchen bench and it's sort of wobbling around a bit and you kind of make adjustments to that and you have a look at your biscuits and then you go grab the other tray. Meanwhile, the oven door's open. So what you're better off doing in the scenario of, let's say you're doing a two-bar... A four tray cook, but you're doing it two two times going to the oven. So you open the door, open the door, close the door, open the door, close the door. Um, I think you're better off waiting about five minutes before you add the second tray, the second two trays. So preheat 20 minutes. In the case of the Anzacs, preheat 20 minutes. So that gives you, to, you can complete that recipe in 20 minutes, right? So before you start the recipe, I would be turning your oven on. Yeah, mm. even bef before you've weighed out your ingredients, like turn the oven on. In the case of the Anzacs, let's say preheat. Pre it's going to take you twenty minutes to put everything together. It's going to take you twenty minutes, mm -hmm. and then 
roll them out. You've got your two trays ready. You've got four trays. You've got two trays ready to go. Open the door, both trays in, close the door. Eight to nine to 12 minutes, whatever the recipe says. They're baked, pull them out, take them out, close the door, wait five minutes, and then add the next sequence of trays. On the day that I made the second batch, and... Did you like that really long-winded explanation? No, but that's, that was why it worked when I, when I listened to it the first time I heard that. And we've never discussed preheating the oven like that before, mm. ever. Um, oh, we've talked about preheating with steam. Not, yes, but I... Well, on, on the second batch that I made on Sunday. So I put the oven on, then I melted the butter and the golden syrup, then I weighed out all my dry ingredients and rolled, and I kept noticing the little uh, temperature button and I noticed that it had gone completely on the bottom oven. Mm. The top oven, which is my combi steam oven, the small 45 centimetre, that took way less time to get yeah. to temp, always does. And in the bottom oven, with the two trays in, it still needed another two minutes to get them all that lovely yeah. golden brown, dark. Which brown. is why in recipes you see a time frame. Yes. You never see a... Because recipe's a guide, Paul. Do that very good. <laughs> but you never see a to-the-minute... No. And set for 12 minutes exactly. Like, most recipe writers will, quote, not put a five-minute grace period in. And remember, this sort of stuff matters more for shorter cooks. Yes. Yeah. Well, the bottom oven took an extra two. Yeah. But the top, the, the combi steam oven... Bang on eight. I thought they. Were, I thought, oh no, I let them cook too long. Like bang on. Yeah. And because it's a smaller, the steam and the yeah, so the, steel cavity. Using the efficiency of steam, mm-hmm. which is a great conductor of heat. Yeah. So you're working with two different heats of sorts, right? You're still working with fan forced, yeah. But you're working with two different heats. One is more efficient, being steam, and while it two minutes doesn't seem like a lot. In the scale of the recipe, it's, I don't know, you're better at percentages than I am, but it's 20% of the time of the recipe. Um, but that preheating matters more in, in cooks that are, that are shorter. Oh, okay, it's 25% that the accountant <laughs> is telling me. Um, but cooks that are shorter, it matters more. So if you're only going to be cooking in your oven for less than half an hour, Whatever it is, right? Whatever you might be doing, you, you are best off to give it a longer preheat. If you're doing a three or four hour braise, you can get away with it, yeah? But um, there's some music playing in the office. Oh. Um, but yeah, so the, the shorter cooks matter more for, the, for preheat. Linda's having a giggle at the music. Anyway, so yes, there's preheating. But with steam, and we've talked about, I know we've talked about this before, when you're standalone steam cooking, and I have been in a lot of demonstrations and witnessed a lot of different manufacturers do it, and say you don't need to preheat when you're steam cooking. I fundamentally disagree. Like, there's a few things that I think you start from cold in an oven. This is a handful, right? A handful of things that you put into an oven cold. Um, some roasting programs and roasting functionality in ovens, you kind of have to. 
because they're staged. So you might start with a, a grill or a broil element to seal it and then it kicks itself over, right? So that's fine. It's a sort of, it's a hybrid between a, a fully functioning recipe program and a pre-program for whatever you want to use it for. But in the case of steam, very rarely would I suggest that um, you don't have steam generated in your oven. Everyone says, oh, when you open the door, you lose too much steam. But you've already got the cavity warm. You've got things warm. The steam generator is going. It's full of water. Everything's sort of cycling already. I think you're doing yourself a disservice by not preheating. Like, Yeah, we've seen a few recipes over the time where people suggest you bung it in, put it all in together. And we yeah. know that that doesn't always work for mixing all food types when yeah. you cook at different temperatures. So, you know, I'm not sure why people would suggest that. I don't know that that's a good selling point because... But the, and the stupid thing is, is that realistically, even in a large cavity oven, steam takes very little to heat. It's not the 20 minutes that you're doing with your regular convection mm. fan-forced oven. It's, it's far less. So yeah. it doesn't take that long to get the temperature in there. The other one, which I've been noticing a return of recently, because I've been doing a lot of fishing around to see what different brands and stuff are doing, and I'm noticing this return of pasta cooking in your steam oven. I have noticed that as well on trend and I'm thinking Okay. We've I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. We've visited this topic maybe not on the podcast before. Yes. Here's the thing. Right? Here's the thing. I just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yes. Yeah. And that's what you said last time. As yeah. Well. So while I understand everyone wanting to get value out of an appliance right and get the maximum that you can out of the appliance the question i would always ask is by doing that are you making the end result better so is the pasta going to be if the pasta is going to be significantly better by cooking it in a steam oven and steaming it then fine i'm all for it but i refuse to believe for one second that you get the same results from a pasta cooked in a steam oven, starting from cold with cold water. Like when do you put pasta in cold water? Like, and the thing is, is that while the time is similar, according to what I've watched, and I'm not going to try this by the way, because I just fundamentally disagree with it. So I'm not going to do it myself, but you're constantly having to go back in there and fish around with the pasta to make sure it's not getting gluey and stuck together. Now, while, okay, on the stovetop, Yes, you need to stir your pasta, but you've also got movement in the water, which is sort of helping you along the way there. You stir your pasta, what, three times, four times during its cooking cycle? It's there, It's you do it, whoop-de-doo. But in a steam oven, there's far less movement in the water. And so what the likelihood of you ending up with gluggy, sticky pasta is far, far higher. So you're going to have to monitor it a lot more. So why are you making something that is... Pretty simple. Get a pot of water, boil it, add some salt, put the pasta in. I just don't. I, I don't understand. Because when I saw this recently on a on a post from someone, I wondered. You've got cold water. Yeah. You've put it into your steam oven. You've got to heat that water. Yeah. To cook. Yeah. That's going to take longer like that than on a pot. And then you have to cook your pasta. Yeah. 
So yeah, I agree when we looked at adding moisture to rice to remove the risotto. I could understand how much better that would be, but that was a bit different because it was all enclosed and it was absorbing the water. Yeah. And my, you know, years ago we talked about this, about how it was so much better than making risotto. For me, that yeah. was different. I really like, I, I mean, but do uh, that. I still put a footnote there that it's not traditional, right? No, but it... But it's a good hybrid. It's a right, really easy, nice way, gentle way of cooking it yeah. so you don't have that. It's a good hybrid risotto, I yeah. think, is what we can and call it. And it's quick yeah. and you can guarantee the time. Yeah. Um, down to the second with that one. But I looked at this and I thought, why? Yeah. Freshly, you know, like I've, I've um, as you know, I've been having a couple of lessons with the lovely Rachel when we could um, and the uh, gang about making fresh pasta. Yeah. And that takes two to three minutes mm. to cook. Yeah. And, you, and to be honest well, with you, like we've done... mine, because I haven't made it at home yet, but I just thought, wow, that's really... Why would you put it into a steam oven? But I've done fresh pasta in the steam oven, but they were tortellini or ravioli or... So they were treated like a dumpling. Yeah. Slightly yeah. different, right? And I did it as a trial, but I'm talking specifically about this sort of convenience type mm. packet pasta, which I'm not anti. Like, I packet pasta is good. I think you get some really good um, starch out of the pasta water, which helps thicken up your sauces and stuff like that. And I think you miss all of that by doing this. So, it brings me back to my original point you're not making it better. So, why do it? I mean, I know we're all trying to... Well, a lot of people are trying to sell the appliances, but I think you're selling false, like... Well, even even what we said before in our first topic about preheating the oven, if you've got to keep opening your steam oven to move the pasta around and then close it again and wait, you're going to take even longer than maybe, you know, the few minutes on the stovetop. Yeah, and I think what they what they're doing is they're allowing time for heat up of the water the pasta to actually start cooking. So there's a time allowance being made because I've seen people do a standard sort of spaghetti, which would be between eight and nine minutes on your stovetop in a pot of boiling water, and they're putting 15, 16 minutes, and they're saying it's convenient. I just can't see how it's more convenient. I, I just, for the life of me, I can't see. So if anyone out there wants to comment, wants to send us an email, wants to explain it, like anyone from any manufacturer, I'd be really interested to know. Well, answer the question then. How is it better? Yeah. How was it better? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put it out there and see. Yeah. But anyway, so preheating with steam, I think is a yes. And preheating for regular convection oven cooking, mm. like... Well, it made a huge difference. And yeah. the Anzacs were more consistent the color was better and they held their shape better yeah. in the second in the second batch the only thing i will say with as far as the preheating thing and i'll come back to that is a lot of ovens these days including yours have got grill elements or broil elements built into the top quite often you will start those cold because what happens is you need that lit up glowing red radiant heat element to actually start the caramelization or the coloring process of whatever it is you're trying to get color on because these days as opposed to the old days when you grew up with the door open 
your grill with the door closed and what happens is is you reach a certain temperature and the thermostat turns that element off so while so it's saying that the oven's up to temperature okay. it doesn't know which element you're using but it's telling you the oven's up to temperature so i don't need to turn it on so generally with broiling or grilling you'll start cold but everything else okay so if you were Actually, because our bottom oven is how we um, make toast because we don't have a toaster. I think I've said that before. Yeah. But you would put that grill, if you're going to use the, the, the grill or the broiler, you would put everything in cold. So if you're using sausages or steak, would you put them in cold? Yeah, because what happens is, is that that heating element, being the only exposed heating element in your oven, you need it to come on and have that initial very high temperature to get the cooking process mm-hmm. started and when elements come on now various ovens will do it differently some will have a medium high low grill setting some will have a temperature setting various ones do it differently but the point being is that you need that heat element to turn on to start the browning process if you turn it on I guarantee you go home and try this right turn on your grill element close the door after it, because most thermostats are towards the top of the oven as well, so top center back is where most of them are located, what will happen is after about five or maybe six or seven minutes, you'll see that glow will come off the element because it's saying, well, we're up to temperature. So you need that radiant heat. When grill elements or exposed elements come on, they don't just generate about 200 degrees, about 600 degrees. And that's how you get that browning. So next time you do your toast... Crikey. Yeah. Okay. Next time you do your toast... Or sausages. Or sausages. Why are you doing sausages like that? Anyway, next time you do your toast, cold, in, turn it on, I bet you it takes you half the time. Well, the last time Dougie cooked sausages were in the grill and I said to him, I clean them, uh, clean the trays, we're not using this oven for six more months. Yeah. Because I hate cleaning ovens. Yeah. But... Yeah, so grilling's okay. grilling's fractionally. I mean, it's a different cooking method anyway, all, all up. But give you don't preheat your grill if you're trying to get color down on something. So you've got a yeah. surface that you're trying to color. Don't preheat it. Go in cold. Okay. Turn your grill on, and that you'll see it. It glows red, right? We've all seen it. But if you do that and do a preheat in the same method, um, it will switch off. Well, there you are. Hmm. See, who knew there was so much to talk about? <laughs> Sorry, boring. No, guys. no, but it's here. But I <laughs> didn't know hating. any of this. Yeah. I did not know this, and we've never, ever discussed it, you and I. Yeah. And it's never been brought up as a possible um, reason. Is there a French phrase for reason for my muck-up? Yeah, but I can't say it. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> probably too many you swear words in it. Okay, okay. Well, uh, yeah. Well, as you know, I'm sort of, I speak French like a native. Yeah, of course you do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no. English, but um, okay. Well, I yeah, just but didn't, half I the didn't thing with yeah, and like I say, half the thing with cooking. And look, I did a lamb today, which is fine, right? It's nice. It's good. It's edible. Tastes good. <coughs> but I did it partly to try out a very old technique, which I haven't done in years, and I don't. I think a lot of people have forgotten. And the other part was to. Uh, experiment a little bit to see impacts over a very long period of time. The end result is fine, but it's not good enough. So 
coming back to the Anzac story, sometimes when you mess up, it's actually beneficial. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes you better the next time. Like, yeah. I know we all say, oh, you know, you learn from your mistakes. All of that sort of <laughs> palaver. Yeah, that's true. But if you don't yeah, look at the reasons why... You don't, and you don't own up to your mistakes like the yeah. 160 grams in golden syrup yeah. over by 20. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So that's why it was interesting, and that's why I wanted to revisit it today because I thought, well, this is I'd a, never this heard. is the second time we've revisited it because, and, and I might retain it more this time. But but I did actually learn a lot, and, I, and it did change the way that I made those biscuits. And I was really happy. Took them to my beautiful friends for the weekend when we caught up, and as we were packing up all the food to you know because we always take too much, and you know the, the plate of Anzacs was like, oh no, these are staying. You can take some of the other stuff back, but these are ours. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they they were a big hit, and everyone they're an old fashioned type of biscuit, and when I took them around on Sunday, everyone pounced. Even the kids were like, "Oh, I forgot how much we like these." Yeah. So it's funny how some of those, sometimes you know things that you haven't made for a while, uh, and sometimes the super simple it. stuff. Exactly, because yeah. they really are super easy to make. Yeah. And. Um, and, and really, look, we're not start, starting an Anzac biscuit baking no, company. We're not. And I'm not, but, um, no, not by any stretch. But the thing, it also shows you that if you get a good understanding of like how to do some simple stuff and do it properly, then what you explore the next time may well be better. Yeah, exactly. And why? Hmm. And, um, and so now I know I time them on the weekend from preheating the oven to finishing. The whole thing was about 37 minutes, which means that, you know, I felt, I thought that was a really good time. If I think I've got 45 minutes to waste. Yeah. Make some bickies. Sets everybody up. Nice. There you go. Well, there you are. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, good to see you again. And we will be in touch. Okay. So happy cooking and thank you. And don't forget, preheat your oven for 20 minutes, unless you're using the grill or the broiler, in which case going cold. That's the lesson from today. Subscribe to the podcast. Yes. <laughs> That's the other lesson. <laughs> yes, See you subscribe Linda. to the podcast. Take care. Bye, Paul. Bye. Happy cooking, everybody. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe. And for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com. Mm-hmm.